0: You are listening to The Current Daily, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Thursday, June 25th, and I'm recording this from home, as you know, and all of us live probably in different places around San Diego County. And for me, one of the most fascinating things about San Diego is how diverse the weather patterns are depending on which type of land you're near. Why am I bringing this up? Well, Mark Herzberger wrote this. I don't know how the weather's been for you, but I, for one, am growing weary of this June gloom. Where's the sun? Now, me, who lives in Santee... The last couple of days, I've noticed that the sun has been quite oppressive in our neighborhood, and we've actually been staying in the house to avoid it. So, interesting. I had to go off script a little bit just to point out those interesting differences. Life in the desert. I'm going to call your attention to an email sent out by Cheryl Gerbrocht yesterday, which we've put in the communications digest on The Current. It's a reminder about the new FIS system going live next week. Of course, many folks in IT services are turning in heroic efforts to prep the system. We will also, of course, be users of the new system. Getting used to the new system will take time, and that's okay. The transition will be gradual, so I encourage you to be patient with yourself as you take training and learn the system. But also please be patient with requests you make to the IT services accounting finance, and procurement teams. Not only are they learning these systems as well, but as we heard from Mitzi a few weeks ago, they are also adjusting to UC Path. Lots of changes all at once. Did you see this little tidbit out there in cyberspace, or perhaps among the slack chatterati? Our own CISO, Mike Korn, has published an article in Salon.com with the headline, We're losing the war against surveillance capitalism because we let big tech frame the debate. It's a very interesting and compelling read, and I encourage you to check it out. I will quote one sentence from the article just to give you an idea of the thesis. Privacy violations are a gateway to identity-based targeting which singles out individuals by race, religion, or gender identity. I was going to say something about this myself. But from that same slack conversation, I think I'd rather quote my friend, Pega Parsi, our UC San Diego privacy officer, who responded to this article. She says, Yes, I read this yesterday and was delighted to see it. This is exactly the focus of the workshops my office puts on. In fact, I got into the privacy space precisely because of the significant civil liberties and civil rights concerns. I will also echo the sentiments of Ronnie Zenin, who said in the same thread, It's good to see this shared perspective between our CISO and CPO, Pega. I highly recommend her Privacy 101 sessions for those who have yet to attend. Registration for the upcoming classes, July 21st and September 22nd, is in the UCLC. And yes, I'm partly quoting Ronis to additionally plug Pega's courses. Definitely take them if you haven't. Now, if you want to read this Mike Korn article, at the time I'm recording this, you can type into Google the phrase, Michael Korn Salon, and the article should be the first result returned. But if you instead end up at a haircutting establishment in some far-off land, please do not blame us here at The Current Daily. We don't write the Google algorithm. We just play by its rules. And finally, some of you know that Janet Napolitano, president of the University of California System, is stepping down in August after seven years on the job. National Public Radio recently caught up with Janet to get her thoughts on tuition, racial equity, the coronavirus, and more. We're going to play that interview for you, and we very much like to thank NPR and reporter Elsa Chang.
1: The UC system relies obviously on public funding. Uh, You push the state to raise funding? Do you think California has done enough to make sure students are not paying too much tuition?
2: Well, you know, the state can always do more. And, you know, one of the things I think that still needs to be addressed is as as the university has grown enrollment of California undergrads, The enrollment funding from the state has not kept up, and so uh, that needs to be uh, addressed. But we were able to get additional state funding during my tenure, and uh, as a result, we were able to hold in-state tuition flat every year of my seven years, except one where we raised it 2.5%. That
1: said, during your tenure, I mean, there are several UC schools that frequently make the list of most expensive public universities in the country. Do you feel that a UC education is only for people who can afford it at this point?
2: Oh, no. Uh, 57% of our California undergrads actually pay no tuition. They come from families that make less than $80,000 a year, and therefore they, they pay no, no tuition. You know, where tuition has gone up has been for out-of-state and international students. Um, And, and I you know, I, I, I think those students still feel like they're getting a really good deal.
1: I do want to ask how the coronavirus shutdown has affected the finances, though. I mean, California has lost... A lot of tax revenue because of the shutdown. Will that mean possible tuition hikes inside the UC system? You think
2: should it? Um, we are not contemplating a tuition hike at this at this time. Lots of families in California are suffering from economic loss due to the pandemic. Um, so it seems a, a particularly inappropriate time to raise tuition. At the same time, uh, the governor has proposed a 10% budget cut to the university. And so that means we're going to have to uh, do all we can to contain costs. We've already frozen uh, most of our salaries. The chancellors and I have already taken a 10% uh, salary cut. As well, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at going into the bond market.
1: I also want to turn to the social upheaval this country has seen over the past month and how a school system like the UC's response to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, The UC regents unanimously voted to support an effort to repeal a ban on affirmative action. Tell me, first of all, what was the thinking behind that at this moment?
2: Well, the thinking behind it was that there is a bill moving through the California legislature that, will put on the November ballot uh, a repeal of what's called Prop 209. 209 was the measure passed 20-some-odd years ago that bans the use of race, ethnicity, or gender Mm -hmm. uh, uh, for a number of things, including college admissions in California. And the Board of Regents 20-some-odd years ago had supported the ban on using race or ethnicity, uh, but this board said, you know what, that was a mistake.
1: Well, beyond admitting more students of color, a larger question is, how do you set them up to succeed once they arrive on campus, not only academically, but also socially. How do you do that part?
2: That's the thing. So you've got to make sure there's a campus climate that is inclusive. You have to make sure that the academic supports are there. Uh, as well as things like black student unions and other affinity-type organizations. So it's it's a whole mix of things. Mm -hmm. And in the end, what you want is your students from underrepresented groups to feel that – Uh, They were in an inclusive campus that supported them and that they were able to access all the resources of the university in a way equal to any other student.
1: Well, do you feel that you personally did enough to create that kind of environment that you were describing now during your tenure?
2: You know, we did a lot, but you can always do more.
1: Can you point to something that you did during your tenure where you feel like you did try to cultivate that kind of environment to set students of color up to succeed?
2: One of the things we did was expand our presidential postdoctoral fellows program where we uh, recruit minority uh, students into the postdoc program, and that's where we grow our faculty from, and that's a way of leading directly to the diversity of the professoriate, and that's been very successful.
1: You helped create the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program uh, known as DACA under President Obama. You and the Board of Regents filed one of the country's earliest lawsuits challenging the Trump administration's efforts to end that program. Of course, the Supreme Court has just blocked those efforts by the administration, but... Until Congress actually legislates protections into law, nothing is certain for people who are brought into the country illegally as children. So, what can the UC system do now to help? Or is that even the role of a university system? What do you think?
2: Well, we have thousands of undocumented students in our student body. Uh, some seventeen to 1,800 of them are actually in DACA. Uh, Congress needs to get in here and address this and provide permanent relief for young people brought here typically under the age of six who've grown up in this country know only this country is home. So this is an area... Uh, of the immigration law, if they're going to start somewhere to address our nation's immigration law and the real need to reform it, uh, they should start here. Um, so we're going to continue that advocacy. But in the, in the meantime, uh, we're going to continue to provide uh, free legal services for our undocumented students. Uh, we help them enroll in DACA, re-enroll in DACA, for example. We continue to support having student centers for undocumented students on campuses because, you know, they have special needs uh, um, and special requirements. So uh, we have student centers to uh, support them uh, in um, in those areas. And we will continue all of those efforts.
1: So what's next? I mean, what's the next big thing for you? Is there a next big thing?
2: You know, uh, I'm going to join the faculty at the Goldman School of Public Policy at Berkeley. Uh, So I'm going to become a faculty member. And I uh, hope to use that perch to continue speaking out on issues that I think are important to the country, um, where I think I have something to contribute. Issues about immigration, issues about climate change, issues about homeland security, to name but three.
0: I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT Services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.